Dolphins 31, Giants 16. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeaKeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the New York Giants fall to 1-4, and four, and it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad, man. Um, it's that, so that's, bad. That's the intro. <laughs> so... I texted Justin. I was like, "We should just let's just let's just alternate some stats. Why don't you just hit me with a stat first? Before I get into that, because um, we're going we're going to have a stat riff off here. Like I could go into stats and why this team is so bad, but I I, I want to start here. It's October eighth when we're recording this. This past Saturday, I watched Drake May and Caleb Williams like intentionally. I barely said a word all day today, all game, besides slamming my couch when there were three false start penalties in a row. I don't care because I really don't think this team cares, so why should I? And even in some of the lost seasons in the past, Bobby, I was generally more excited to watch this team and look out for some things, but now I could not care less. So those are my opening thoughts. Do you have any thoughts to that before I give you a stat that's bad? Well, it should not be just just because they are one and four, Justin, that we have those feelings of like, man, this is just like going into this game where it's just like you're kind of just dejected. And even when the Giants like, hey, maybe it can be close. You're still like, nah, I'm not really as I'm not I'm not on the, you know, on the edge of my couch uh, because like I just know that this is not going to work well in this offense. Snacks had a great tweet at halftime where it was 17 to 10 and he's like. Oh my God, the Giants deserve like credit for only being down a touchdown. But at the same time, it's like, you, it feels like you're down by four. You're in this weird territory where halftime it's 17 to 10 and the Giants are in the game. And then also at the same time, you some you somehow feel like they're down by four touchdowns because, like you said, just the offense can't do anything. Yeah, this offense is, is, stru- it's, I mean, it's horrible. So, like, and I want to talk about Andrew Thomas's loss, right? Which I think has been understated, which I didn't think it would be. But it has been understated, and everyone else around has has really been a letdown. Uh, let, let, hit, hit me with a stat, though. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you one to start. The Giants are still the only team in the NFL that has not covered a spread yet. There's one. The New York Giants offense is averaging 11 points per game, which includes a 31 pointer, which is ranked 32nd in the NFL. If you take away the Cardinals games and their losses, they are averaging six points per game. The 2023 Giants have the lowest passing touchdown rate in franchise history so far. Daniel Jones' sack rate is 15.6%, which went up from last week when he was sacked 11 times. That's double what it was last season on a team that gave up the fifth most sacks in the NFL. As of right now, that's the highest in franchise history. They have the highest sack rate in franchise history. Do you have an, is that a stat? Okay. That's a stat. The yeah. Giants have given up 29 sacks in five games. Six per game. Would be 99 sacks for the season, which is the second highest of all time to the 86 Eagles. <laughs> there were five teams that had less than all of, uh, the, the 29 sacks the Giants have this season, all last season. I got more. This is from Do a Barrel Roll. Since 2000, 37 teams have started the year with six or fewer total touchdowns in five games. Zero out of 37 made the playoffs. There were two 9-7 and seven teams and two 8-8 eight and eight teams. Only 12 of 37 are from 2010 on. Only six are from 2017 on. None of those teams after 2017 exceeded 6-10. and 10. 
The offense has 12 points in the first half this season. That is 2.4 points per game in the first half. Um. Oh, congratulations to the Giants. Uh, they the offense has scored 24 points in their losses this year. Um, that is finally now more than the 21 points the offense and the special teams has given their opponents so far this year. Man, those are some. Do you have Do you have any more stats? I have some defensive stats on how this was a historically bad day for them, even though fans are giving credit for the Giants' defense. But that's it on offense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had offensive notes, and we'll talk about the defense, but it does start, Justin, with this offense, right? I mean, this is this they're the number 32 offense in the NFL. That was fun. And they are really, really bad, whether it's running the ball, throwing the ball. They just can't operate. And, it, and, and at least this game, like, it's – now what's going to be frustrating is during this stretch, everything comes down to Daniel Jones versus O-line. Um where last week I actually thought the O-line gave them enough time before the pick six to operate, and DJ just he just had a lot of bad plays. In this game, I'm sure when we go back and watch the All-22, there'll be some stuff there. And I, I just want to talk about overall the pr- approach of DJ. But this was an offensive line you know, game where I'm looking at them the most, and there's seven sacks. Um, you know, Four of the seven sacks they had came on third downs, which were like their obvious passing down situations. And the Giants, Justin, like play calling wise, they tried to run the ball. Like they handed the ball off twenty one times in a game where again they didn't have the they didn't have the lead for a single snap and they handed the ball off twenty one times. You know, you threw some deep passes that none of them were completed. Um it was just it was the you know, the Evan Evan Neal uh, we'll we'll talk about that sack. The Evan Neal, like where he, the rusher goes untouched on a third down, makes it a fifty-five yard field goal. Graham Gano misses it. Um, there was another, like, and again, there was three other ones that were on third down. I mean, this offense without Andrew Thomas, and it's just this offense is just inoperable. Like DJ is leaving clean pockets, like last week. He's not trusting anything in front of him, and like, and we've seen him operate with left guard through right tackle bad, but with out Andrew Thomas, man. Like people like to do this DJ with Saquon and without Saquon splits. Do really go look Andrew at Thomas. it like like once Andrew Thomas got good, like halfway through that rookie season, with and without, because it has looked like two different offenses and, and includes the twenty twenty one with Garda. Now we have a sample size of with Brian Dable and and Mike Kafka that it's just they I really th- and they're they're obviously missing Saquon a lot too, right? Like they're not yeah. they're not able to run the ball effectively. And no one else is stepping up to the plate, really. Like, the number one guy you'd say who stepped up to the plate on offense today, well, I'm going to remember him for the plays he didn't make today in Darren Waller. And DJ, you know, didn't complete a single pass over 10 yards. Like, who's stepping up to the plate? No one. Um, ben Bredesen, at one point, left the game with an injury for a couple plays, so then practice squad player Jalen Thomas comes in and snaps the ball for a few plays. Ben Bredesen eventually comes back. Marcus McKeithen eventually injures his knee, and then former tackle slash practice squad player guard Jalen Mayfield comes into the game, and you know they they all look absolutely fantastic. So here's my question to you. That was sarcasm. Here's my question to you. At least 2021's offensive line had Andrew Thomas in there for the majority of the season. There was a period of time where Andrew Thomas was missing in 2021. Is this offensive line worse than 2021's offensive line? And I cannot believe this is a legitimate question that I am asking. Oh you watch God, both. It, it is. It is worse, right? It has to be. 
Yeah, because that, that offensive line actually put together some decent outings, right? Whereas this offensive line really hasn't, besides, the, like you, people would say the Cardinals game, but the offensive line, to me, wasn't that very good in that game. It was just the, their linebackers and secondary allowed the Giants to do some stuff. Um, I guess Azudu, that was his best game. Yeah, I do think it's worse, uh, and especially without Andrew Thomas, you know, they can't go more than so. five plays. They can't go more than five, six plays without the offensive line. Somebody on the offensive line having a disaster, disaster play causing a negative play. And if there is one negative play that the offense has, the drive is over. The drive is over. And this was the first game, Bobby. And this really doesn't matter. Like, this does not matter when I when I say this. But I still i am walking away from this game being a little annoyed on the Giants play calling on second down. And this is from Doug Analytics. I'm glad he put it this way. Giants offense had 15 plays of second and seven plus and ran the ball 60% of the time on those. They had nine runs for a negative 0.38 EPA per play, 22% success rate. They had six dropbacks on second and seven plus, plus 0.83 EPA per play. That's a 83% success rate, five out of six positive EPAs. So, you know, man, I don't think it matters. It really doesn't matter. This was one of the first times where I felt like the Giants coaching staff was coaching to avoid a sack on third down just so they can have maybe a third and seven and a third and eight instead of a third and 12 and a third and 13. Doesn't matter. Like I said, they wouldn't have won the game, but that that bothered me a little bit. Here's you. So you're saying you, you felt like they were coaching like afraid of the sack, right? Afraid of the sack. Yeah. Which they I should agree. in a way. Here's the <laughs> I thing. Guess. I don't blame them though. I, I know, don't blame I know. them after what after what we've seen. Like I think to me it is more valuable to get teams to at least have to be playing to run on passing downs than it is to, you know, the whole like it like knowing what you're capable of, right? And again, like you saw, anytime they got on these third downs, they gave up sacks. So I, I kind of don't blame them for yeah. that. Um, but that's now, why I would have th- wanted them to be aggressive on second down to avoid the third and longs. But again, there's no there's no easy solution. But it wasn't there's even no... just third and longs, Justin. It was third and shorts. Yeah, yeah, man. And they can't run the ball on third and short either, which is the which is the difficult thing. There's no good answer. There's there's nothing. There's nothing to say, really. Yeah, and I mean they're operating basically solely from quick game for the most part. Um, you know, DJ went for like if you look at DJ's like stats the last three games, he's completing like over seventy percent of his passes. Yeah, but the average but depth of target. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's no yards like this. This today he had seven point six average depth of target, which is like twice of what it was last week. He had to still like want to be one of the bottom ten QBs in the NFL this week. Um, and you know, two you know, uh, you have misses to you know Darius Slayton deep. Like we've had three Darius Slayton deep targets this year. They've all been uh, far and outside, uh, been outside, right? Um, you missed to Juan Dale on that third down. So, and again, I understand part of it is like, well, DJ's got to play perfect, and I get that that sucks. But like the Juan Dale one, like that's that miss should not happen. There was and again, two we're third not comp- and six to Juan Dale's that. I feel like Jones missed, and I think even in the third quarter, there was a third and the, the second third down miss to Wandale in the third quarter. I'm pretty sure, like you'll you'll see when you turn on the film. I'm pretty sure there was somebody running a route uh, deep down the field that was that was open too, way past the sticks. So yeah, and that's the other him. thing is like once we watch the all twenty two, I'm sure there'll be some stuff that we see. But again, like just 
like after the first four games, right? Like if this was one game out of out of you know five games, and the other four were solid for DJ. But again, this is not going to be inspiring anybody. Again, I don't have any hot take from Daniel Jones coming away from that or take that I didn't have coming into the game. Um, but nothing, nothing was changed, you know, good or bad. And then when Tyrod goes in the game, now DJ averaged three point eight four yards per play, or the offense did with him. It averaged four point one yards per play with Tyrod. Um, I thought they kind of looked different, but same in their styles, right? Um, but I think that's like, if you want to be positive, DJ, like, oh, see, Tyrod Taylor came in there, was running for his life, uh, in there. And, but on the negative side, it's like, okay, Tyrod Taylor came in and the offense didn't look any different. If anything, it looked a tiny bit better. Um, yeah, it's just so frustrating to watch again, an offense that has put together 2.4 points per game in the first half is averaging 11 points per game. And again, including a 31 point uh, pointer versus the Cardinals. So you have this, you know, you have this outlier game and the rest of the games are averaging six points per game. Right. And the Dolphins were a bottom uh, bottom five defense and scoring. And you just weren't able to do anything. And this was the type of defenses that DJs had success against in the past. Yeah, the two the teams that maybe play too high that are giving you the underneath stuff. But um, it just uh it just hasn't happened. So now, I guess the next Daniel Jones conversation to have is he's hurt and he has a neck injury. And there's one uh, quote that Daniel that Daniel Jones says to Brian Dable that he's going to be fine. And then the other quote that people are running with is Daniel Jones says that this feels similar to the 2001 2021 injury. Um, I'm waiting for whatever tests he's going to get on Monday and whatever MRI results are going to happen, but. Daniel Jones is hurt. It's a neck injury. Josh Azudu gets pulled as soon as he allows that sack. Matt Pierre come in, came in. Yeah, and, and finally this offensive line got Daniel Jones injured, right? Like, it's okay, finally. Like, the hits that he was taking, and he's running the ball so much. Like, yeah. I bet you there's no one on the offense who's taken more hits uh, than him this season, especially when, say, you know, you've, you've split the running back snaps around uh, with Saquon being injured. Like, obvi- obviously this was going to happen, and this was – the difference between this is the difference between playing with a bad offensive line, but Andrew Thomas and just a bad offensive line five, five across the board. And Ben Bredesen at center had his probably his worst game oh, in the last God. two seasons. You know, I'll give him a little slack because he is playing center, but it, it, it was his worst game in the last two seasons. Gave up that sack on third and nine. Uh, the Evan Neal and touch sack, it kind of unraveled through him. And I, I want to talk about that play individually because there's some differences of opinions on it. Um, I think he might be hurt. I think I think Bredesen might be like lower body might be hurt too. I saw him limping at one point. It, well, he came out of the game good. and then came back in, so we don't know yeah. what the deal is with that. Well, he he was bleeding in his face. I don't think it was anything lower body, but you know who who knows that interior. Oh my god, that that interior of the Dolphins defensive line was they were like having fun. I mean, what was it? Um, um, who was it? Wilkins. Yeah, and Christian who was the Wilkins other guy? and and Sealer. Um, Sealer had two sacks. Um, he had three QB hits. He had three tackles for loss. And then Wilkins had a half a sack. Um, he had two QB hits and no tackles for loss. They had they had a very fun game, those two. They were having a lot of fun out there. And again, there's just a difference of comfort in the pocket when you're blind size protected. Right? It's just yeah. it's just the facts of of football is that yeah. It's part of when your blind side is protected, it just gives you more comfort. And that's why we saw, we saw DJ bail from clean pockets a lot last week. Um, 
because there's just kind of like that internal clock of like, man, there's it's it's got to be coming from the backside, and he's never had great feel for that backside pressure either. I'm glad you brought up brought up the blind side because it gives me an excuse to bring up Andrew Thomas. I'm starting to get a little conspiracy theorist with Andrew Thomas, man, because we went from talking about how. This is amongst the reporters. This is I'm not even blaming the reporters. This is they're they're reporting what they're hearing. They're reporting what Andrew Thomas is telling them. They're reporting what people in the locker room are telling them. We went from after the Dallas game heading into the Cardinals game. Yeah, he has a chance to play. And the hamstring doesn't really all that much matter for offensive linemen. It's not like they're skill position players where they're running backs and wide receivers that really will rely on their hamstrings. And now we're four weeks later. And Andrew Thomas is seemingly having setbacks. And now it, we were the, the report was this week, oh, well, Andrew Thomas needs to feel comfortable on that leg where he pushes back and he kind of he's using that left leg to push back, push back, push back on that leg in his in his sets. So what is it? <laughs> what what is, I'm getting a little conspiracy theory, like maybe this hamstring injury is worse than was initially let on. Because I don't know if there is a clear sight and a clear path of when Andrew Thomas is actually going to come back. It's much more clear for Saquon Barkley to come back and play next week than Thomas. Yeah, and they also, I mean, for it was they played Thursday night football after Saquon had an ankle sprain, and they just were like, oh, he, you know, he might he might play this week. We'll we'll take it up to game time and see. Um, so they they love to play those games. Uh, so I don't know, but again, they are they are missing Andrew Thomas. Um, with the offense, I want to talk about that Evan Neal and touch sack because obviously Evan Neal is going to be a big topic. Um, so, do a barrel roll said this, and I, I disagree with him, but I, I do want to point out to what Evan Neal was doing, right? So, they had no running back in for protection, right? And I remember this being a big topic. Remember when Eric Flowers had that sack versus the Jaguars, his first year at right tackle, and there was a big argument of like 2018? Yes, the, you know where he where yeah. he like went to go block the inside and just let like it became a big deal. Yeah, I, yeah. So it's a similar. I hate that we're doing that, uh, but it's a similar thought, right? So they don't have a running back in protection. So the idea is protect the inside man. But Ben Bredesen, the uh, nose tackle, crosses his face to the right side and beats him. Right. So with that linebacker blitzing, the thought is okay. Well, McKeithen pick up that guy and then neil pick up the linebacker that's blitzing and if you're gonna have someone be a free man rusher have it be off the edge but where i disagree with is that's not how it's done up on a whiteboard and by doing it of that thought because that's what neil was thinking like that if you ask evan neil cannily that's what he was thinking on that is well now you have two unblocked guys or two or two guys running for your quarterback because once your center got beat he got beat so you you one mckeithen is and you and McKeithen are not going to be fast enough to bump down and protect that guy that got beat by uh, Ben that Ben Bredesen got beat on. That's just not going to happen. So now you have two free rushers at the quarterback instead of letting DJ be able to scramble to the right. So I understand the thought behind that, but to me, like there's that's that is on Evan Neal, right? That's it's on it's on Ben Bredesen for getting beat, beat and Evan Neal maybe overthinking the play a little bit because you know they have you know uh, a no running back protection. Um, we'll see, we'll see, didn't get a great replay of it to see if there was like a hot route open or something, but nonetheless, I, I put that on Evan Neal and obviously Ben Bredesen for just flat out getting beat. Um, and then Azudu got blown past for the hit that injured DJ. I mean, just, just ugly up front. Yeah. 
Bobby, let me um this isn't gonna be a fair offense defense split this episode. So before we get to I I mean I guess we could talk about Darren Waller a little bit. I don't know if you have any more offensive line thoughts. I want to talk about the farmer's dog. Uh, the results of switching your dog's food from kibble to fresh can seem like magic, but the farmer's dog doesn't use any sorcery or secret ingredients to make their fresh food. Just science. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, farmer's dog has really been generous and they've like continued to send Mikey food and it's like some vegetable-based stuff. It's some like beef-based stuff. And Mikey has enjoyed every single bowl. And I think what's most important is that like, he, he's been healthy. He's been energetic. And, you know, hey, I pick up his shit every single day. And his shit has been nice and firm. And it's like, yeah, my dog's healthy. And that makes me feel good. And my I'll tell you what. I'm not in the best mood. I'm not in the best of mood once 5 o'clock comes rolling around because the Giants just lost. My dog freaked out. Mikey freaked out when it was time for dinner. 10 minutes earlier than he usually gets it, by the way. So he's really looking forward to it. Freaked out wanting the farmer's dog. He looks forward to it. Every single day, twice a day, breakfast and dinner. The farmer's dog also sends the food pre-proportioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. That makes it easy to help your dog maintain their ideal weight, which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. Doesn't matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to begin investing in their health. Get 50% off your first fresh box of healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy. Plus, you get free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy for 50% off, plus free shipping. That's insane. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. Mikey will be glad he did as well. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Where do you want to go? You brought up Waller. I don't want to I mean, he did have the best receiving output for a Giants player this season um, with, again, eight catches for 86 yards. What did you think about the almost touchdown ball? I know his arm was getting pulled, but for me, like we talked about, like I thought people had this unfair expectation in the 49ers game when he didn't catch that pass that DJ missed on. That's a, that's a play where I expect my tight end to have the strength to bring that carry, bring that ball in. I, I, that's just like, you, that's it kind of, you got to have it type of play. The one on the left sideline. That's a tough catch. Like, I'm not going to lose my mind about that. But the one that the touchdown, he had him beat. It gets dropped perfectly into the bread basket. I just feel like the Darren Wallers of the world need to pull that one in. Yeah. Yeah, it's Xavier Howard, too, where he's a really, really good corner. I go I go both ways on it, man, because Xavier Howard makes a really good play on the football. He does get his hand in there. He gets his hand in there before Waller even catches the ball. And then after Waller does get two hands on it, gets his hand in there to even further separate it. But at the same time, I said it, Darren Waller got two hands on it. And you want, you expect your tight end that's going up against a corner to try and find a way and pull down that ball. Um, I I think Darren Waller should be getting more opportunities like that. That Like, that's my main takeaway. I know he got, what, 11 targets, eight catches today? I'm, I'm walking away from this game saying... Darren Waller needs more opportunities like he got, even when Eli Apple was blanketing him on the sideline in that contested catch opportunity. He needs more opportunities like he got when he dropped it against Xavier Howard. Because he even saw it where, you know, one of the only 20-yard plays that we've had over the last couple of weeks, Darren Waller takes that little slant, or whether it's a mini post, uh, Eli Apple's trailing in coverage, and he even gets yards after the catch. There was another play where he kind of caught it in the flat, 
you know, kind of carried a guy for a couple yards and it was a positive play. So Darren Waller needs more opportunity. He needs to be force fed the ball. He needs more opportunities in this offense because nobody else in this offense receiving wise is doing is carrying the load, doing anything. Yeah, that's the th- is is I'm not going to get too I'm not going to go too hard on the only guy who put together a a respectable stat line for the offense. Uh so let's before we move on to the defense, I just want to talk about this. Coaching, right? And this is something we'll have a better grasp on on the Mailbag podcast. But overall, this game plan, I mean, you threw three deep passes, which is more than Daniel Jones usually does. You know, they we talked about going into this game that you kind of have to run the ball to just keep some balance to this offense um they hand the ball off 21 times but only for 47 yards against a defense that kind of invites the run and we can talk about maybe eric gray looked good running the ball i hate every, i i dislike everything else about eric gray uh ball security uh he did blocking. look good Even, in pass protection though that one that he, one play he did have that one good block on christian wilkins but that's not enough for me to overcome the the dreadful blocking in preseason right. hopefully he has got better but I can't, i'm not saying oh look he's a good blocker now but it was good and then uh uh returning kicks um but i I, th- I thought he ran the ball fairly well obviously he's not like doesn't have like the speed to blow you away but i thought he did a, he did a good job running the ball yeah um but they threw some deep passes the quick game was fairly efficient and they just kind of played like like they coached like they knew their offensive line was atrocious right which it is they and 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 i want to say this too and this is kind of a knock on dj with it and a guy on dj who has not taken the opportunities that they've given him right so now they may go like hey we're going to we're going to go back to some of those things we did last year cuz you're not going you're not going to hit these things when we put these things there for you and you're not going to throw them, well, we're not going to we're not going to tr- we're not going to try and put all these through. We're going to try and get uh, squeeze out as many wins as possible until we move on for you. Like that could also happen too. I remember last year the whole, hey, is it the receivers? Is it the offensive line? Is it the quarterback? Why are they running an offense that's kind of simplistic like that? Well, you know what? You may get your freaking answer, and it's all and it's it would be two out of the three. It's not the receivers this year, um, but. It is what it is. It is what it is. Defensively. Um, defensively. I mean, you just gave up big play after big play, right? And I know, hey, they. I mean, they gave touchdowns from two yards, two touchdowns from two yards, a 76-yarder and a 69-yarder. Um, the, two, the two drives where they had the two-yard touchdowns, you had four 20-plus-yard plays on those drives. Um, I want to read the Xavier McKinney quotes that are out there. Let's do it. Because I think that can lead into this talking about this defense. So from Dan Duggan, ask the question about Miami's big plays. Xavier McKinney, what we're or at, saying is that what we're not going to do is keep blaming the defense. We lost as a team, and it is what it is. Really don't like that. And then the second one, Fox Angels, uh, Jonathan Vilma said on the broadcast that McKinney blew the coverage on Tyreek Hill's 69-yard touchdown. McKinney said that's not accurate at all. Who was on the broadcast? Told it was Vilma. McKinney replied, oh, okay. He don't know what he's talking about then. He don't know football. He don't know coverage clearly. Now, I, w- I want to start with that one, and we'll we'll talk about it a little more. Why I actually do think McKinney's right about the, the touchdown play. Here's where I'm going to push back on Xavier McKinney. One, who is coming away from this blaming the the defense over the offense, Justin? Who, who, who's coming away from this and their articles are being written at the top about the defense? I don't even think that was the question that he was being asked. Second, 
That wasn't the question, Xavier McKinney. They were asked about the big plays that you gave up to Miami. Because guess what? That's what you fucking gave up. Big play after big play after big play. You gave up over 300 yards passing. You gave up 222 yards rushing. So honestly, fucking awesome, dude. Sick. You guys got some turnovers for the first time in the fucking season game five. Congrats, you finally got some turnovers. Good job. Following the pick six, five of the next six six plays with two uh, two minutes left to go in the game were over 10 yards and they get a field goal on it. So congrats on your little force fumbled and pass deflection today, Xavier McKinney, and the first turnover in five games. But you guys gave a big play after big play. And this is a game where they didn't even look like they were that interested in it. Like it was just kind of came easy for them. So no. Do I come out of this game blaming the defense for the reason the Giants lost? No, they actually kept them in this game for a little while with the turnovers, right? Like again, I'm I'm congratulating them on that. They've done a lot. They've done a, a lot. Uh, they could have done a lot worse versus this Miami high uh, octane offense. But don't come out here like this is freaking you know the end of 2021 where the defense is actually doing really good in games and the offense is just not able to move the ball down the field like the defense has been bad this year it just hasn't been anywhere near as bad as this god-awful offense this was the first time in franchise history the Giants allowed more than 500 yards and over nine yards per play um and guess what they would have allowed more yards and they would have allowed more yards per play if they didn't get the three turnovers so really bad yeah and that's Xavier McKinney has put together, and I, I'm I'm annoyed with McKinney, right? And I've hinted at it before that I'm I, there's some annoyed. things that, that that annoy the shit out of me. And I hate to bring this most, I really do hate to bring the most fire on this podcast about this because the offense is worse, right? But it's just a pattern of not being a leader by Xavier McKinney, who likes to talk about being a leader, a pattern not being a leader, and it started. Justin, when was the first time I said to you, like, man, this is. This is a really weird thing that he's doing right now. It was dissing Patrick Graham after he left. Yeah. 2021, he does an article with Steve Serby in the New York Post, and he's shitting all over the past regime, right? But guess what? The past regime defense actually did fairly decent. And guess what? If Patrick Graham was still your defensive coordinator playing that defensive style, you'd be in line to get a big contract. Yeah. And you now, can even disagree with what Bobby just said about how the past defense did well in 2021. It certainly did well for Xavier McKinney. And that was the first sign. Why we're bringing it up. It was the first of a few missteps by Xavier McKinney, most notably him almost losing three fucking fingers last year. And then acting like a baby when people dared to ask him questions about it. But why we bring up the Patrick Graham? Because that was the first step of Xavier McKinney just seemingly being misguided about things just i'll leave it at that just being misguided about things and this defense his role on this team he com- how he could be successful as a player just misguided he complained about when he first like because remember he had the foot injury in camp miss all the camp they signed logan ryan complained that they didn't put him in the uh full snaps right away complained about his plan and guess what in 2021 they reduced your real pepper snaps and you played 100 percent of the time <laughs> And honestly, in, as good as the 2021 season, the first three weeks were actually kind of bad. He had a, a good amount of blown coverages for deep passes uh, versus the Saints and versus the Broncos. Um, so there's that. And then they like the ATV thing, um, where again, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to make a mistake. And then the first time you get asked questions about it, you act like, well, why are you guys asking me about this? It's a sightseeing tour. It's a sightseeing tour. 
Like, man up. And then when he gets asked about missed tackles, hey, no one said that missed tackles are the sole reason that you lost a fucking game, buddy. You got asked about it because it's happening a lot, more than any other yeah. team in the NFL. And a big part of it is you. Yeah. So just answer the question and strange. Well, that's not the only reason we lost. Right? 76 I mean, of the Dolphins' passing guards came from yards after the catch today. Guess whose responsibility it is to tackle receivers once they catch the ball. It's that secondary, and Xavier McKinney is supposed to be the leader of that secondary making plays, and he's not. Who did Devin A. Chain look straight in the face with 15 yards of distance and just run right Oh, that past? was a terrible angle. I understand. He, he's McKinney. running He's running 21 miles an hour. He has the fastest time to combine. I get it. But that was a terrible, terrible angle. Terrible. And that's a theme for this defense overall. Um, and there's another uh, Tyreek Hill big play where guess what? He's looking dead at you, and he just runs right past you. Runs right past you because you take a, a weak, a soft approach at the tackle. At least if you're going to miss, miss fast. Don't miss slow. Now, that being said, the touchdown to Tyreek Hill. That is on Wink Martindale, not uh, Xavier McKinney. They lined up in these two high safeties. They played a man coverage, and they had both the safeties come under. Both safeties became robbers. Usually have, you know, if you want to do that, you'd have one come underneath as the robber and then one play the deep middle. Um, you know, the side on the sideline range or, or cheat one way, which you would cheat on uh, Tyreek Hill. They were betting on some quick game stuff and like not having two high safeties. Like they were trying to disguise it pre-snap and get the, you know, that two into some pre-snap, a pre-snap throw. And they bet and it didn't it didn't work. And you had Trey Hawkins in the game covering. So that's on Xavier, that's on Wink Martindale. Not Xavier McKinney. So I will back him up on that. That is not on him at all. That is that is the scheme that is being called. Vilma was wrong on that. Vilma was wrong. Um, can I... Uh, did Court... This is such a weird thought that I have coming from this game because I'm just so... I'm so interested in how this secondary has come to be, especially with the rotation that we have going on a cornerback right now. Like, I'm just so interested to... Like, how this all came about. Cordell Flott comes into football games, and sometimes he makes plays that make you go, this guy can be good, but then there are other plays, a lot of them in practice, that he's just so bad, and that lets the coaching staff know that we can't trust this guy. Where there's some plays where Cordell Flott missed tackles on the backfield today because that's what Snacks... I was on the phone with Snacks and I was like, did you see that Cordell Flott pass deflection on Tyreek Hill? And then a couple plays later, Tyreek Hill gets that touchdown over Trey Hawkins. So he had that pass deflection on Tyreek Hill, which looked awesome. Were there some other plays where Cordell Flott missed some tackles? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head either. And I, I, didn't, I didn't note any of them in my rewatch. Um, yeah. I think I might know why Flott. I mean, he's getting more playing time. But again, I talked about. It. I think I might talk about it on the preview pod. Justin. Trey Hawkins just missed tackles, and that's why. Like, well, well, that's why Trey Hawkins got benched. I think was because of missed tackles, and, and Hawkins hasn't been like a world beater in coverage either. Uh where Flott just like it looked like they were running cover six, and Flott just starts playing man, like to where I sent it to coaches, and I'm like, can you explain to me what this is, and why is Flott playing this like it's a and man this match? Was, this was against Seattle last week that you're yeah, talking about, and, and yeah. he did it twice, and they're like, I don't, he's like, it just, they're like Flott has to be wrong, but it's twice, or maybe it is some type of defense that I'm not sure of, um, so that could be what, and he did look really bad in practices and training camp, and maybe he's a, a more of a game player than a. Than a practice yeah. player, which can happen, but 
Yeah, I'm just really, uh, I'm just really curious how, because it goes back to the 2022 draft class as well. That the fact that the 2022 draft class having zero, like zero contributors, and I am putting Kayvon Thibodeau in this boat, by the way. Kayvon Thibodeau still got his ass kicked in the run game at times today. I know, I know he has four sacks in the last three games, and the box score stuff is starting to look a little bit better. Kayvon Thibodeau is not a game-changing player right now. Where if no, you're he the got fifth moved o- off the spot in the run a few times today. If you're the fifth overall pick, you're expected to dominate game in, game out, play in, play out, and he's not. He shows up Especially some, against the backup. He shows up at times, and that's great, but um, the 2022 draft class has zero contributors, and the closest thing that we have to a contributor is Daniel Bellinger, where the offense just... the pa- Daniel Jones somehow takes more sacks when Daniel Bellinger is not in the game, and the run game looks substantially worse, but he's a backup tight end. And you know what? I will give him credit. Wondell Robinson's playing with a lot of heart, but man, does he get just hit around and he's so small and frail and he was ruled out of the game with the concussion. And then two plays later, he's back in. This is a mess. And this it it this season, yes, Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley getting hurt. I feel like that's going to kind of define it. But also I think the bigger theme is, and I will bring this up every week, the 2022 draft class having 11 picks and zero contributors and zero guys with a path to having a second contract is terrible and it is it has it has set this team back. Oh yeah, oh absolutely, right? Like where we talk we talk about on the mailbag pod where we we're talking about like this regime and the Jones contract and I'm like, man, the Jones contract is actually set up in a way where it's the least my worries. The 2022 draft class is my biggest worry with this regime and like 2023 while we liked it a lot more coming out of it and it you haven't had the big like what the hell is going on with this guy yet but you also haven't had the guy who's through four weeks is like oh we've got a stud in this cat Deontay Um, Banks has played better than I thought but he's he hasn't made a tackle he hasn't made a play on the football um you know still waiting to see that but he hasn't been as like that was the one guy that Banks hasn't been like horrible but he also hasn't done he, like he's given up a couple touchdowns. Yeah, there's you know he's he's you know he's given up a you know a good amount of catches per game. So yeah, but again, he hasn't had he week through four weeks we're not being like he's him right right because so often we take these victories with rookies and like oh well if he's solid now he's that means he's gonna be great later and that's not always the case. But I, I do think Banks played pretty fa- fairly well. But anyways, that being the point, the point being is that like. The 2022 draft. I mean, even Dane Belton came in today, right? Because McFadden out. They played more three safety looks. I think right. that was part of, you know, one, again, McFadden being out. And also, you're playing against a team that's got a lot of speed and throwing a lot of motion and stuff at you. I mean, he blew a coverage on the first drive for 23 yards to Cedric Wilson uh, on one of the big runs. He comes flying in and misses the tackle. So, like, he didn't look very good. I mean, they're not getting – again, they're just – Outside of Bobby Okereke today in coverage, you're not really getting any plays made, right? Like, good job. Pin- like, hey, Pinnock, Pinnock, the ball popped into his hands. But P- Okereke made a good play on coverage and then the other interception that he got. But Okereke has been kind of frustrating in the run game, right? Yeah. Um, Like, on the A-chain touchdown, Okereke just plays – he plays into blocks too often, right? Where so- it's just like – I want to – like, he's so fast and athletic. Just go. Go. Trust that everyone else is playing their gap responsibly and go. And there's just too many times where he's playing in the blocks. And that happens especially like they play con- these conservative pursuit angles or lanes when someone does get in the open field. And it just leads to yak, 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 yak. Um, and it's so it's like, again, no one no one has been consistently stepping up on this defense. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, I 
I, I didn't see Dexter Lawrence affecting too much in this game, but the other four games he has. Um, yeah, it's and Aziz got injured again too. It's just like yeah. it's <laughs> just all of our worst fears coming into this season, right? Was oh, that, it's, hey, it's Murphy's Law. Everything that could have gone wrong and all of the worst fears, like check every box. They, they have Tom, all happened. With Andrew, with Andrew Thomas has always been our worst fear for injury, right? Yep. Well, we that haven't had the him first healthy drive of the since. Game. Yeah, we ha- we've had one healthy season. drive of Andrew Thomas all season. First drive of the season. Saquon Barkley getting injured. Uh, Daniel Jones um, not you know playing the exact same conservative style, even when they're getting more on his plate. Offensive line being absolutely brutal. To 2022 draft class not stepping up. Aziz Ojolari, you know, being injured constantly. It's been. It has been a, like you said, it's been every every worst fear going into this season has been realized. Besides Darren Waller being injured, really, which right. I'm sure will come, happen down the road eventually, and we'll yeah, not, not we'll get the, we'll get to check that one off the list. So it's just it's been this frustrating. Frust, we're just again like even if you if you told a Giants fan, hey, you're one and four. You're thinking, uh, how did it, no one thinks it looked like this, right? No, no one thinks it looked like this. Even even more so after the training camp and preseason that we saw, and we are just seeing just god awful offensive football and very bad defensive football. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I think we're nearing a little bit towards the end of the show, Bobby. We we're doing a little bit more with JM football now. We we're we're, we're trying to cover the NFL a little bit more. In, in each of our respective ways. Let's let's put on our talking talking fins, talking dolphins caps to ourselves. I think a Dolphins podcast is looking at this game saying, if the Giants had an average offense, they win this game. Like Tua, this is two weeks in a row where a Tua against the Bills and now Tua against the Giants that has made some really head scratching decisions throwing the football. Um, you know, they put the ball on the ground once and Kayvon Thibodeau falls on it. You know, this is two weeks in a row where if it's not for the, I don't want to call the Dolphins just manufactured, a manufactured offense because they're not. They're fast. They're good. They have the fit, all the top speeds. And according to the next gen of ball carriers this year, they're all the Dolphins. They're fast and they're good. But if you're like talking Dolphins, you just had 500 yards. You just had nine yards per play. But somehow you're not feeling good about this victory because of how sloppy the team looked. And this is talking Giants, and we're talking about how the Giants are so much worse. So I, I, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that perspective out there of, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm evaluating the Dolphins, and I'm like, hey, even as like an NFL fan who's trying to evaluate the Dolphins, I don't know if I even feel good about the Dolphins leaving this game. Yet they won 31 to 16. And and you say that like even if I. I think even if the Giants had average offense today, they still lose this game. But if yep. they had average offense versus Seahawks, they win that game, right? Like that's yeah. basically if you had if you had again, we said we said one of the talking points from last podcast was specifically with Daniel Jones, not even just offense in general. It's like if Daniel Jones has basically any performance that he had in the 2022 season, the Giants probably win this game. And he had again one of his worst. Now today wasn't one of his worst, but it sure as hell wasn't one of his fucking best either. And you know. It, for that contract, I, I would like to have 200 yards and, you know, maybe one of the last three games. <laughs> maybe. You know, I guess he, he had 203 versus Seahawks garbage time. Um, 
I mean, here's his. He has 884 yards through five games. 104, 321, 137, 203, 119. So, it's just been bad all around, all yep. around, and this and this offensive line, man, makes it to where it's just it makes it impossible to have expectations. Like I had a tweet today, Justin, where you talked about like, man, how are you feeling about just the team? And I'm, like, I I would like this offense to at least just be regular bad, right? But have some excitement to it, and not just unwatchably bad. Like if this was the 2019 offense, it's it's a it's a lot better than what we're putting out on the field now. You're right. creating some explosives, you know. You're doing some stuff. There's there's nothing to come away from uh, on this offense and be like, that's exciting. Because even the one guy like Darren Waller, who's produced for them, is here on a short term. Like we want to try and get some wins these next two weeks, uh, a two years deal, you know. <laughs> so it's not it's not like we're having this young guy. There's like, no in between. There's no with this giant, you know. And ever since like the inception of this podcast. It just feels like, uh, if anything, there was more in between when I started. I started in 2018. You started in 2019. There was more in between. Yeah, Jesus, I thought that was bad. I was complaining every week about Eli Manning and they need to move on. And he's not the... 2018 and 2019 at least had some, like, fun offensive games versus with the exception of 2022. And even that offense wasn't awesome. It was good. Wasn't awesome. Wasn't like top ten and who last year. Let, with the I said with the exception of last year. Yeah, it was ranked fifteenth. It was it was perfectly average. There, there. As a Giants fan, there there is no like ever since basically since we started doing this together in twenty twenty, there is no like middle ground. It's either you're average or you're a little bit fun, or you're just the worst in fucking football. There's no middle ground. <laughs> There's none. Yeah, I mean, none. if season ended today, three of the last four seasons have produced the 31st or, or 32nd ranked offense in the NFL. Before the season, uh, you know, maybe like worst case, or Justin, worst case scenario, the offense is like 20th in points per game. Ah, shit, that's a step back. That's not good. <laughs> not 32nd. You know, I want to look something up right, real quick. They haven't, they haven't scored in nine quarters, an offensive touchdown. They still haven't scored an offensive touchdown in the first half. That will be the new counter. So it's no longer not just scored a touchdown. It's an offensive touchdown. So, ooh, who will ooh. have – who's going to – I think we may not be 30s, uh, second in scoring, though. Hold on. Hold Patriots, on. Patriots the didn't Patriots score anything. The Patriots might be worse than this because they got shut out in back-to-back weeks. That's not fair. We scored a, we scored a defensive touchdown today. <laughs> Yeah, that is true, but I can't wait. I can't wait for that game. By the way, oh yeah, I'm I'm weird and what. So, <laughs> what is this? This is last year. What the fuck? Two thousand twenty-three. How did the Jets have? Oh, that's completions. That's passing. There you go. Come on. Okay, let me fix this. Let me find this stat, and we can go. Point. You got it. Okay, so the Patriots scored zero. Even so, even if we just had the nine offensive points, we still uh, we still would have been tied with the Patriots. But they don't okay. they don't they don't keep stats like that. So we are actually not the number thirty two scoring team in the NFL. So take that. We are so last it'd be in three EPA of the last play, four though. years where we're thirty first. Last in EPA per play. Bengals put up some points. The Saints obviously put up points. They were 
31st and 29th. The Jets put a point. So it's it's us and the Patriots uh, last by a lot. So us and Joe Judge at the bottom. So if you've left home. All right, Justin, you got anything else? The more things change, the more they stay the same. That's what they always say. That is what they say. Um, it's not about the memory. It's about, or it's, it is about it's not the memory. About, it's, it's not, not about, about the, the moment. moment. It's about the memory. It's about the memory. All right. We will see you guys on Wednesday for a mailbag. We're going to watch all the film, put all the film reviews out. We're going to have so much freaking fun doing it. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We will see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.